Cam. Cam. No, Bam is Cam. No, I said Cam. Yeah. Cam is yeah. drinking the greatest energy drink to ever exist. Nos, please. I'm begging you. Give us the sponsorship. <laughs> By the way, Cam, yes. you weren't wrong. Grape is really good. I got grape at Eldora. Yeah. Grape is damn I was surprised. Good. I was genuinely surprised. I usually... So, what I like the... grape. I really do. But yeah. it's not one of my all-time... Like, it's not my go-out-of-the-way favorite. Man, that, that grape NOS Energy Drink was The just... GT Grape? Mm-hmm. Ooh. The it's green one's shot. good too. I don't uh, green apple or whatever that is. I don't I don't know what the it's called, but it's good. Not Energy Drink Turbo's good. Yeah. The original Knots. The OG Knots also very good. Yeah. They're all good. They're all good. If you're not drinking Knots, um step up your game. That's all I'm gonna say. No. Anyways. You might have needed one uh the other night. With some of the stuff we're going to be talking about, so let's yeah. just go ahead and get right into it. Let's, uh, this may take a while. We thought it would be shorter. Stick around, find out. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal foul. Sixty-nine. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give. Well, welcome, well. welcome everybody to the Big 12 preview show here at the Lowdown CFB. I'm your host, Tyler Isley, of course, joining me as always, BJ and Cam. Guys, did do you have any energy left after this past week? Really half week. Remember, we were just here on Wednesday. Some of this stuff didn't, <laughs> some of this stuff wasn't breaking yet last Wednesday, but it's here now and I think, man... No, I, I I really don't. I think I gave it all Wednesday through Friday. Uh, it, it got to me so much, Tyler, that after our show Friday, I had so many things I needed to do, and my body said, no, you better take a nap instead. So I, I was exerting myself quite a lot Friday with all the news coming out. It was it was like, you know, whirlwind, like, you know, breaking necks, how fast, you know, like a whiplash effect almost, how fast things were coming out one thing was was said and then it was tr untrue another thing came out it just like the narrative shifted like a complete 180 from friday morning to friday afternoon by the time we got to do our emergency podcast episode that it did I, and i really am just i i missed the sorry. emergency pod because i had to catch up on sleep because of how chaotic this week has been and don't you worry, Cam. Yeah. I know you felt yeah. bad for missing. But trust me, we're going to be getting into all of it. And we're going to go ahead and start where we left off on Friday. I do believe it was Friday. After we do our stat of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I need a script for how we do this, man. I this out. <laughs> um, so we've been doing this for 12 episodes now. About as bad as my ad, as my ad read skill. There. My goodness. That's the banners, but okay. Um, anyways, well, um, I'm, I focus on one screen, and that is the screen that does. So, let's give you a little background before we do the stat of the day. Here's a stat of the day for you. Um, I focus on the brand screen, Cam focuses on banners, and BJ focuses on comments. That's how it normally goes throughout the day. I, I, I actually I, flip that. Oh, we flip I, I it. Go, 
Yeah, I yeah, go. Do banners. He does the banners more okay. often than not. I wind up doing the comments more often than not. All the overlays so. are me. I click all yeah. the overlays. That's all I do yeah. now. Um, other than maybe our our um, our ad read <laughs> overlay, but I'm, I struggle enough reading those to <laughs> let, let alone um, clicking buttons. So. <laughs> Anyways, right. stat of the day. Cam, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So this this stat of the day um, presented by our friends at StatHead wow. where you can find all sorts of great stats for really any sport that your heart desires um, through either StatHead itself or through um, their different reference websites, whether it be baseball um, college football, of course, obviously. Um, NFL. I know Tyler and I both use racing a lot. Like it's great website. Highly recommend them. Um, anyway, so I was curious, and um, after the moves, so this is for the 2024 season and going forward, as of today. I, I want you guys to play a little guessing game. Oh, dear. Not one of these again. This one's going to be a throwback one, and I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk here on screen again. Okay. Guess the rough percentage. I have the exact number here. Guess the rough percentage, though, of the FBS team's that are after the 2024 season starts and going forward are going to be in the Big Ten and the Big 12. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, wait a minute. Rephrase and just say this one more time because I think wait. I might have missed what you're asking. He, okay. he wants a percentage, I think, of the number, like the percentage of teams uh, out of FBS teams yeah. that will consist All just in the Big 33 teams. After next year. It'll be much more than that, right? Because we're already adding... Kennesaw State is the one that's going to join. I factored all that kind of stuff okay. in. Don't worry. Okay, so it'd be 134, because I think we're at 133 this year, yes. talking about rankings. Yeah. Okay. When we discuss our returning production rankings, it goes down to 133, but I don't even know if... Are uh, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston and all of them added into that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can go back and so double out of out of one thirty. Are we using one thirty three or one thirty four? I don't really. Think I did it based off of one thirty three. I can do it really quickly. No, you're good. You're good. No problem. It's no big deal. Um, so so we've got thirty four teams between those two conferences currently announced. Actually, it. it Actually, it really doesn't change the number. That That's much. fine. So we've got 34 out of 133. Or is it 36? Because um, it's 18 in both, right? Mm, or no? It, it the grand. No, total, it'll be 16 in the big 12. That's right. And okay. it'll be because of two leaving yeah. when yes. you add the. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be 34, 34. out of 133. So I'm gonna say like 33 percent. No, 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 no. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to say 25%. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's about a, maybe a quarter, 25%. Yeah. If you go off of 133, it is 25.5%. Pretty good. 
we were pretty close. Yeah. So a if quarter go, of all FBS teams are yeah. going to be in two conferences. And if you go off of the 134, since I did that really quickly, it's still a quarter of the teams. It is 25.3%. Wow. And if you add the 16 to make it 50, that should be about a third, or actually yeah. over a third, probably about 40%. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. For the SEC. That's a, yeah. that's Either a way, stat. I, I thought that would be interesting for it is. this week has gone. As a matter of fact, because it plays right into what we're going to talk about, and that is the amazing news that we have heard. First off, thanks to our friends at Stathead for uh, sponsoring the stat of the day. And if you haven't checked it out already, um, they are ever improving the Immaculate Grid game that you can go and play daily. Uh, college football. Add that into this game, please. Um, please, but I, yeah. I do, I do really enjoy it. I've enjoyed the. Um, I like the baseball one. I actually really like the. I like the baseball one. I really like the football one. I've been getting better. I, so my problem is thinking on the spot of a, somebody from a team, and I just do it like I try to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. First guess. Very well. Yeah, my, yeah. my knowledge there is not as good, so I miss a little more. But yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes you get something good. Like today I was really impressed. Uh let me let me go look at what I had here today for the baseball one because I was really impressed with my answer. It was uh, I haven't, extremely I haven't good. Yet, so. Okay, well I'm gonna give you an answer. Um Brewers and White Sox, for example. Zach Duke. Was within the one per, like less than one percent. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a good one. Um, yeah, there were some other guys that were also really shockingly low on that list, but yeah. Um, on the bright side, there's not a been knocked out in the middle of a game. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> Tim Anderson would have been on that 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 grid. I guarantee. Well, you that. I would say um, if you have if you have. Yeah. Um, Rangers and White Sox, and somebody that witnessed both of those knockout punches, you could do Elvis Andrews. That what? is so, that's those fair. Were some great punches, though, <laughs> dude. Like, I was watching wow. UFC last night. Literally, I know I could have just watched Fox Sports Ohio and or Bally yeah. Sports Ohio and yeah, got the same. same I result. saw a lot of people saying that the Ramirez and uh, uh, Anderson fight was better than the Jake Paul Nate Diaz fight. <laughs> oh no, I didn't watch that. So I didn't either. I, I didn't watch that fight. So no. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it now. Um, I just wanted I wanted to throw the little stat head thing in there because they are really doing some great things. Um, yeah. As sure. again, they they run all the sports reference and all that stuff. Um, and sports reference, of course, runs the Immaculate Grid. So. That is a very, very cool little deal that they got going there. Absolutely. Fun little mini game to play during the day, especially if you got a, a long day at work. With that said, now we can move forward. The Pac-12 has officially disintegrated to four. Those four remaining are Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford. So at least one rivalry will stay intact. Um, but the Pac-12 loses... Uh, Oregon and Washington did the Big Ten, which I think was the biggest news because that really was not seen coming 
I don't think, for a lot of people, especially with how back and forth it was. BJ, you and I talked a lot about this specific part of it mm-hmm. on on Friday when we did the emergency pod when this was first announced, that it truly was almost like things were so fluid and things were changing so quickly and so, like, so quickly. And then all of a sudden, Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten. And then we already knew Arizona was going to be the next team over to join Colorado. And then next thing we know, Arizona State and Utah apply for the Big 12 and are approved within the evening. That's how quick all this happened. And there there you are. That's now six teams leaving the Pac-12 on top of the two that were already leaving at the end of the summer last year, USC and UCLA. The Pac-12 is completely caught with their pants down as i said they would be multiple times um it was just a matter of when and here they are the big 12 is gonna the big 12 is gonna survive when we didn't think they would two years ago when oklahoma and texas announced they were leaving yeah and they've got that media rights deal they've got a 16 team conference again the pac-12 is left with four and um i will still claim trademark on the uh Mount uh, Pacific Mountain Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, that, hey, hey, Klyakov, if you if you want to do something right, get the naming of this next conference when you merge, right? If you're still so, the commissioner. I was going to say, they're probably going to go with the Mountain West commissioner at this point. But you know what I've seen? What's and I don't want to throw, like, BJ, you and I talked about this a lot. We'll give Cam a minute here later to talk about this because I know he's got a lot specifically for Arizona State. Especially as the Pac-12 guy here on the yep. show. We, you know what I think, and you know where I think this specifically started? So go back 12 years to the first round of, of true realignment in college football. And remember that Texas and Oklahoma were initially talking Pac-12. Yeah, they chose to stick in the Big Twelve and stay there, stay put when A and M left, and Missouri left. So I guess that was actually probably twenty twelve, wasn't it? When that uh, was coming. they they that last year that they were both in there was twenty eleven. So it was July well, yeah. twelve was when I was about to say. But I just there. remember this this conversation of Texas to the Pac twelve was that goes back to twenty ten. I think I think the, so too. The, it's the, it's the new- in that entire range. The news goes back to Larry Scott. Nebraska and Colorado, and then mm-hmm. there was AM Missouri right after that. And then yep. it was kind of every man for himself with you know yeah. the Texas. We, the Big Twelve at that time was in and Texas. The Big Twelve at that time was in the spot that the Pac twelve was. The only difference is they actually managed to get things right. Yeah. And remember that and this is how much TV partners have really swayed decision making. ESPN mm-hmm. said, you know what, we'll give you Longhorn Network. Texas, if you stick around. Yeah. That was the true birth of the Longhorn Network. Yeah. And that's where it all got started. And that's part Texas of the reason stayed. why AM and Missouri left. Yes. Was because of that. Yes. Texas stayed. They chose to be in the Big 12. The Pac 12 let it alone. The Big 12 picked up schools that arguably made their conference a little better, um, especially in the long run, uh, such as a TCU, such as. Um, West Virginia. What? Yeah, West Virginia was huge at the time and, and still has that potential to be. And 
all was right. It was weird because West Virginia did not feel like they fit in. Yeah. But it was weird. We move forward. The Pac-12 joins the group is one of the last. Uh, actually, they weren't really one of the last. They they were second to last um, in making themselves known as a having their own network. Now, well, I let me rephrase that. The ACC network had their own network, but it was it was more of like the digital network. There really was. I think there might have been a channel, but it wasn't. It wasn't really a full on channel. Yeah, it was kind of just. It came around after SEC and technically after Pac-12, but the way that the Pac-12 had handled it. Well, it it became more known before, like, at that time. But remember, the ACC Network was the home of the 0-0 overtime game with Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. Oh, that's right. That was ACC Network. It just was not owned by anybody. It was was their own thing. Kind of like the Big Ten before the Big Ten. more regional. Right. It it kind of like what the Big Ten did prior to joining Fox. It was probably uh, a Raycom sports broadcast at that time. I, I think I so. Think. It might have been something like that. It was probably one of those brands. Mm-hmm. The but even ACC decided we need to line up with a with a network, and they lined up with ESPN. Now the ACC network is on everybody's TV. Yeah. The Pac-12 has still refused to partner with anybody, and I heard Joel Klatt say it, and that's and this is exactly the way I'm going to rephrase it because I ve- I very much loved what he said, mm-hmm. they took the 100% of $1 approach compared to the 50% of $20. Yeah. You make more with 50%, but because you didn't want to split it, you end up you ended up screwing yourself. Yeah. The Pac-12 network has never taken off. It's very hard to find. I have it out of luck with Spectrum. Uh, In Dish Ohio, network has it. Yeah, Dish Network has it. Um, but the things that are the most popular, DirecTV and, and others, don't. Well, no, let me rephrase that. YouTube TV. No, Direct YouTube TV, TV. Direct TV does have it as well. I was going to say, I thought Direct TV. They do. I, I had Direct TV for a long time. I never had but it. Sling. So. Well, so you have to get the package for it, but they yeah. do have it. I do okay. know that. Okay. So um, the point being, like, you can find it, but it's really hard, and you have to go out of your way to get it. It has to be, like, a part of a package with, like, a bunch of random stuff in a lot of cases. Which a lot of people don't want to pay all the extra money when you've got no. SEC, ACC Network, Big Ten Network are all standard as part of the package that you uh, that you yeah. get without and having plus, to pay for the additional channels. Uh, and plus a them, lot yeah. of those have alternate channels even where it's Absolutely. Like you can have the yeah. two games at a time. Well, so yeah. Pac-12 has it. Uh, yeah. On on here, Pac-12 has an alternate. On Dish yeah. Network, Pac-12 has an alternate. Like I know that mm-hmm. that that doesn't that's not not there. It's mm-hmm. just that they're not. It's just it's not, not there making, for the majority of. People. Yeah, and it's not making the money, and people just really let me be real with you. They don't care yeah. um, to have it. They didn't care to have it. People are happy to see this schools that are getting into the big 10 get into the big 10, but the Pac-12 network has kind of been a flop from the beginning and them not kind of aligning with a brand, which probably should have been Fox really hurt them. Yeah. They lost out on their slice of the pie. I don't really know what's going to happen there. Those are the two things that I've heard that are the biggest is the lack of being able to get Oklahoma and Texas when they had the chance because they could not. And the TV networks had a, play in this but they couldn't get things figured out themselves and then they they don't even affiliate with a network they want to keep 100 percent of the pie to themselves but the pie they're getting is you know a personal 
a personal pecan pie from the uh, gas station while everybody else is getting uh, a homemade apple pie that's, you know, delicious, about 12 inches circumference. Um, I say the right thing there. Yes, yeah, I want pie all the way across, right? Not, not diameter is is diameter. That's what I meant. Radius circumference is like all the way around. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Thank you, geometry. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Algebra. The first time I've used that any of those terminologies outside of that class. Right. So my math teacher was a liar. (laughs) So I think you know when we and I'm gonna let Cam here have the word here in just a Mm second. I was just gonna say. For us, you know, we kind of put on the back burner the Oregon-Washington, you know, decision because we talked about it last year when we did the emergency podcast about USC, UCLA to the the Big Ten at that time. And we talked about who's next, what's going to happen, and we figured that Oregon-Washington would be the next dominoes to fall. That didn't happen, and then Colorado was the first to lead. And then you start hearing about Arizona and the four corner schools, if you will. And so we figured it was going to be them while Oregon and Washington negotiate the kind of just yeah. twiddled their thumbs. Well, and that's what it were... really looked like until the morning mm-hmm. of, I mean, <clears throat> even the morning of we were reading that everybody was willing to stick around and work together. And one person had quoted it as Arizona as the board of regents and Arizona president were, were putting on a performance capable of winning an Oscar. Yeah. If they left yeah. and they left anyways. And so it's just, well, and and I think and we'll I want to we'll play a little game here in a little bit because uh, I've got I've got some quotes I want to see how much we actually buy the authenticity of it. But I read somewhere that when you know the Arizona schools showed up for the Pac-12's conference in the morning, mm-hmm. and there were two schools that weren't there. It was Oregon, Washington. They were the ones that weren't there. They had already made up their minds, and when that happened. Arizona, Arizona, Let me tell you Utah something. were already you know, in saying, 2022. Okay. George Klyakov said, "End quote," that if they that he was confident that if they put a grant of rights deal in front of them at any time, they would sign it. Every single one of them, they'd get ten co- teams to sign it. Well, now you got four <laughs> that are willing to sign. Wow. That probably aren't even willing yeah. to sign it anymore. Yeah, no. Cam, it, what do you think yeah. about all this? Yeah. Um, it, it, as somebody who has grown up on the West Coast and, well, closer to the West Coast and has watched way more Pac-12 After Dark than any human being should or any human being's heart should be able to handle, um, let, let me just say, it, it really sucked to see all this go down. And the... And, and to recognize that regionality within the sport is totally, totally dead. Um, I the other, I I all obviously been following this closely as somebody who likes and follows Arizona State, um, and I think Scott Barnes, direct athletic director at Oregon State, kind of sums it up very well here. Um, the great, the great history and tradition of this conference has been severely damaged. He told the Oregonians, Nick Daschle, um, the best interest of the student athletes hasn't been served. Traveling to the Eastern seaboard multiple times a year is not in the best interest of the 
student athlete. I'm furious because it puts this university in harm's way and our student athletes in harm's way. There's some damage done that we're going to have to mitigate. He went on to reveal that the Pac-12 was hours away from a deal that was more than what people were expecting. Granted, it was probably the Apple deal. But yeah, it, I saw that that still, number was a little bit higher than what it was. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. initially reported to be it was it was a twenty five million. Yeah, um, I think it's the number that I had read earlier today. But, yeah, yeah, that's, and that's per school, mm-hmm. by the way. That's that's mm-hmm. not just. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's tough. And, and have, then we've got so many people that have yeah. reacted to this that we'll be talking about here as as the show goes on. But yeah, and then he. He finishes it off with this, and I think this is the powerful truth to it that is very, 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 very unfortunate. Conference realignment just doesn't make sense anymore. What this enterprise was built on was regionality and rivalries. That is gone. That is leaving the Pac-12. Some of the most special pieces about our model is regionality of competition and rivalries. Those things are now forgotten. And I I mean, it sucks. We talked about it on Wednesday. Like, what's going to happen with the Apple Cup? What's going to happen with the Civil War in, in this case? Like, you call it, that anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I will. It'll yeah, always is, be. Is that, is that legal to call it anymore? It'll I always think they be renamed legal. it, but everybody knows yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, the the Civil War, the Platypus Trophy, whatever you want to call it, that that is all dead now potentially because of money. Of money, yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, really? That's is that what this is all about, Tyler? Yeah, I told you what it's all about from the very very Show beginning me the money so bj i believe you have a little uh, let, let me go ahead and play this for you guys i'm gonna play i want to play one clip at a time and we're gonna talk about each clip respectively okay so- i don't i don't care what conference who we're playing against we're trying to win all this is about money you know that it's about a bag everybody's chasing a bag then you get mad at the players when they chase it how's that how do how do the grown-ups get mad at the players when they chasing it when the colleges are chasing? Yeah, that's true. I I just I know you know that's true. Couple couple more teams moving today, rumored. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, same teams are talking about us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh lord, that was good. Now I'm not going to talk about the next person yet, but you know that this is an authentic quote, and you know that he is very real about it. Very straightforward. You know, you everybody knows what this is about. Yeah. He's the only one who's willing to say what it's about. And everybody's mad. But yeah, he's the one that he's not saying, oh, well, we moved because this and that. And that. No, everybody knows what it's all about. Why, why act like it's not? And I think that it's very, it's very refreshing to not be seeing, you know, the, the PR answers and things like that. Um, you know, because the next coach we're going to talk about and, and the things that may, may be said in this next quote from what I've gathered 
I've not listened yet, so I could be wrong. So and it's prepare a long for one. me to prepare for me to say that I'm wrong. But um, talking about regionality, this school left to a conference that averages a further distance away from you than the previous conference yep. you were in. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that I, I we'll, we'll leave this here for a second. Let's let let's hear what this other coach had to say. I'll say it. I thought the transfer window. I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's. Um, look, I. My question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about, did we count the cost for the student-athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student-athletes? We're talking about a football decision they based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross-country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those those people, they travel commercial. They get done playing at four. They got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider – the people that we are entrusted to. Did we consider the student-athlete? Because then we're asking them to go out on their own to get NIL. We didn't say we're going to revenue share. We're not saying they're getting a piece of it. So that that's the thing that's bothering me right now in this whole situation is we keep trying to limit what the student-athlete can do, but then we act on our own. And uh, everybody's got their own reasons. Um, uh, and, and I'm not questioning any of those. I'm saying as a collective group, have we asked ourselves – What's it going to cost the student athletes? I saw um, on Twitter several student athletes talking about one of the reasons they chose their school was so that their parents didn't have to travel. They chose a local school so that they could be regionally associated so their parents could watch them play and not have to travel. Did we ask them if they wanted to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast? Man, you know, I love the game, but every game that I coach – I look up in the stands and find my family. I make sure they can play. I make sure they can be there because that's what I'm doing this for. And and you're talking about volleyball, baseball, softball, track. I mean, all all those other sports, man, they don't get – they're not fortunate to travel like the way we do. Football will be fine. Football will be fine. Still, we count the cost of the collateral damage of everybody else. I don't know. I, only time will tell. But that is my biggest, like, looking at it going 24 hours after, say, did we really think about that? I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we did. I want to play one part of this real quick. Okay. I'm going to replay this for just a second, and I'm going to stop okay. it when I'm – All right, I'm going to say it. I thought the transfer window – I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student-athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. So, Mr. Elia Drinkwitz, uh, <laughs> let's let's ask you a question. 
the adults get to do whatever they want. Uh, I thought I thought the transfer portal was closed. Says the guy who's been to six different schools since the beginning of 2010 and has not been to any of them for more than three years, except for the start of this year will mark his fourth year for the first time in his entire coaching career at any school outside of the high school ranks. Yeah. And Interesting. Interesting. Part of, coach part of that has is, is got to be because of the, the coach. You got a head coach gig that. at App State and left after one year. Dumb on Missouri's part, but you left after one year as a head coach. And you're talking about, oh, I thought the transfer portal was closed. Oh, I thought this. I thought that. Shut the hell up, dude. You do not have the right to sit here and, and advocate for student athletes that you haven't even stayed for no. other than here for the first time for more than three years. This is the first time you will see a class through from freshman to senior year in college ever. Yeah. Now, it's one thing if it's Nick Saban, right? It's one thing if it's Kirby Smart, who's been there for about five years and stuck his time out at Alabama. It's one thing if it's Jim Harbaugh. It's one thing if it's, well, not Lincoln Riley. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean, even Mac Brown. Mac Brown spent the majority of his career at two different schools, UNC and Texas. Yeah. That's different. But when you're talking about a man who has not been and stayed at any school, for more than three years until now, you you went to App State and were like, "Yeah, I'm going to be here for a while. Don't worry." After leaving NC State after two years, um, as an offensive coordinator, which is arguably your best job to that point, you go to App State, you go out to Boone, have a really really good 2019 season, mm-hmm. And after saying, yeah, I look forward to being here for, for a while. I look forward to sticking it out here. You leave after one year. And you're going to worry about, and you're going to have the audacity in my mind to say, well, well, I guess the adults can do whatever they want. Well, clearly you thought so when you did it. So why does yeah. it matter? Now, yeah. I will say, that's not to say he doesn't make good points, but I just think it's extremely ironic and extremely uh, hypocritical to act like, he has not done the same throughout his entire career. He's never been anywhere from for the entirety of, of one's college career. Um, so I, I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna further dignify any of that. Tyler, now, Tyler clearly, on. I was gonna say Tyler clearly was reading my thoughts and my was show. I? Yeah, I, I was. Oh, gonna, dude, I, I was, was gonna say most of the so same pissed thing. when I read that. Yeah, I mean, you can't act like you really care that much when you didn't mm-hmm. even care that you were there. You. No, and, I mean, look, like, I get it. Bigger things come along and you can do what you want. That's the that's the very greatest thing about living in the country we live in. We get to do yes. what we want and say what we want and, and live how we want. And yes. as long as it's not hurting anybody else, we don't have to worry about getting in trouble for it. Yeah. Great. But that does not excuse you from the rules of hypocrisy and the rules yeah. of, of stupid. When you sit here and act like it, it's this big disservice when once again you you made it very clear you were in App State for the long haul, unless something probably much bigger than than Missouri came along, yeah. but your first Power Five offer came along year one, and you up and left. And it was Missouri. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not exactly mad about where, who it is. I mean, yeah. it's better than Vandy, but I it's, mean, it's the thing about it is, is at the end of the if day, if like, you're going to have a legitimate gripe about it at least have not done it yourself for 12 years going on to 13. I mean, yeah. granted, I don't know that he gets much further because he's not 
not really lighting the world on fire and doing what he he got very lucky to walk into a very very good program that Scott Satterfield left behind when he left yeah. and got extremely fortunate to be where he was at the time that he was just down the road in Raleigh. He inherited a great roster. Um, Zach Thomas was a great quarterback in 2019. I stand by that wholeheartedly. And oh, that's arguably, I mean, Zach Thomas was great at App State, but, but I'm not here. On, I'm not. I'm not here to talk to about watch. why Zach Thomas might be one of the best in App State history. <laughs> I am here to talk about the fact that that that's what he inherited. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's making it look easy." No, he got a really good draw when he went to App State at, at the time that he did. Again, following a very very good program from Satterfield. This isn't about him, though. Okay, so I'm going to stop. Right there, I'm going to leave it alone. You know my thoughts on what he said and the hypocrisy. But I will say that I do think he has a point. And because I've been saying the same thing for a while now, not so much about the, the players and their families, but, but I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. But how did these smaller sports survive? I mean, cross-country, track, the ones that are extremely negative revenue sports and that are really like the Olympic sports specifically, how does this work for them? Because I don't know, like, so I'm gonna throw it this way. Ice hockey, no effect whatsoever because it's it, they, these schools coming in don't don't play it. I don't think. Washington might be the only one, but I don't even know that they do. I don't think so. Um, probably just club level, and that's fine. The water polo, for example, that's really only a, a one sided affair. It's, it's really down in the west. Not much else. Yeah. No problem. But cross-country, track. I mean, Oregon and, and Washington are, are both very solid there. I think USC is as well. Mm-hmm. So how is that going to work? How are those going to survive? What about the, you know, the women's basketballs? Um, sports like that, volleyball. I, I think that that's different because that's probably the most positive revenue sport. out. Of, well, no, I think women's basketball is, but women's Ball's probably up there too. I think it's been really good lately. Those those two are the ones that at least break even. Soccer yeah. probably sticks around a little bit. Softball. But, but but does it? Remember, Wisconsin canceled their baseball program. Yeah. Completely. Um because it just wasn't it, it wasn't financially beneficial to them. Um some schools have canceled their football programs. Because it wasn't financially beneficial to them. Yeah. So, you know, how how is this going to work? And and that's the question that's really asked. I've seen the posts from the, especially like Oregon softball team. I've seen the posts. I've seen yeah. the tweets. I've seen the messages that have been sent yeah. out. I've seen them saying, we really don't like this. This takes away from our chances to have our families come see us play. And, and this, and that. I yeah. truly understand. I would feel the same way. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, in those sports, that those are not the sports that when you play three games a week, you know, you play your your midweek non-conference series and your weekend conference series and, and baseball and softball. Yeah. You normally are playing regional teams that you can still do your school stuff and all that. That's going to make this a lot harder. That That's one thing that I think is truly going to be a little more difficult. I don't. I don't really know what to say about it because I, I do agree. I, I, again, wholeheartedly agree 
with everything that's, that they are saying. And I think that it's one of those things where football is going to be fine. Drinkless is right. Football is going to be fine. But these smaller sports and, and these, these players who went to a school, like they're going to have to transfer now and play somewhere else to play, to play more regionally or close to home. Yeah. But, but to transfer more locally or regionally, they're going to either transfer Mountain West or they're going to go WCC. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you're looking at, you know, uh, if, if you're staying D1, you know, up in that area, you've got like Gonzaga's of the world. You've got some yeah. other schools. It depends on, you know, how far down you want to look at the, the classifications. But I could really differently see this improving some of the schools that are in what we would classify as FCS that are division one, but like you said, the smaller conferences and maybe even some of the D twos of the world, which is not great for the student athletes on the West coast. I, d I disagree. Um, over here, I would agree like in, in mm -hmm. Ohio and on more. the East coast, but on the West coast, like, I mean, in California alone, maybe in Oregon and Washington, but in California alone, you've got the UC schools that literally line the coast. Yeah, up and down. Yeah. I mean, San Jose State, there's yeah. Fresno State, there's UC Fullerton, UC Riverside, UC yeah. Davis, UC yeah. name your name your team, San Diego yeah, State, UC, State yeah. uh, UCSD, UCSB. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Need I continue? I mean, this is <laughs> that that is covered. I don't think that changes yeah. anything. I just don't know. I was I was meaning more for like the Oregon and Washington area because. I mean, that's even a lot so, of them are from even, California, though. Even then, you've got like EWU, you've got yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is you've that got, you've got Central Washington, you, there's like, enough there, Azusa, that, you know, yeah. That's, yeah, even Big Sky is a little less regional. Um, yeah, but yeah, my <laughs> biggest size, like a lot of the ones that go to Oregon and, and Washington are from like Northern California, anyways. So yeah. maybe they just come back home, go back north. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So. I think, and, and I was gonna say the, uh, for me, what you what we said about at the beginning before the comments that we played from Eli uh, Drinkwitz were made, you're right on the money. This is a Missouri program that, in a sense, essentially transferred from the Big Twelve, where they were playing more local regional games against Kansas, Kansas State's of the world, Oklahoma, and and Oklahoma State. Now their closest conference opponent is not even in the same division as them. It's Arkansas. They they have added to their travel. Can we talk about how bad they botched that? Oh yeah. I mean it, it the thing <laughs> I mean the it, divisional alignment. I mean Missouri in the west or in the east. What they when they are the furthest team west other than AM. Well the, what they should have done was move somebody from the west to the east, like either Alabama or But Auburn. they didn't want to split that up. No. Which is dumb because they split up I was to say, if they moved Alabama and Auburn to the east, then you'd have Alabama-Auburn still in the same division. Alabama-Tennessee would be, you know, in the same division as well. Auburn Vandy could have kept go their, to the west. Yeah, you could move Vandy to the west, and you could have Alabama-LSU as your crossplex game or something. Like, they completely bungled it all up. I don't know why. I'm hoping that with – I don't know. You know I just the, think that the average is funny because the average is definitely a lot less. Now, I do know that they both had some traveling moments um, at either conference, but – yeah, I mean, you know, you're. I don't know. It's just, right. it's funny to me. Do we want to do real quick? Do we want to play? Do we buy the line? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm reading this article. This is talking about from some of the schools that have departed to the Big Twelve or the Big Ten, and I'm gonna give you who said it and what they said. And well, I'm basically the question is, 
do you buy the line? So this is the University of Washington president, Anamari Koss, said that the program's departure from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten alongside Oregon was, quote, not just about dollars and cents, but rooted in myriad factors, one being that the proposed TV rights deal between the Pac-12 and Apple did not provide the long-term stability the school was seeking. I think that's a pretty... I do buy that. Yeah, I mean, I, because I think, I think yeah. look, they're not beating around the bush. They're not saying it's not about money. They're saying that it's money along with stability. Yeah, and I the Apple that. TV deal does not give stability, so I 100% buy that. I think that's very reasonable. Started off with an easy one because she also went on to say this was about national visibility for our players mm -hmm. being on linear TV so they can be seen, so they could have national oh. exposure. It was oh. about stability. So streaming is not the option. I love the shot huh. of Apple TV, by the way. So streaming's not the option. Huh. That's crazy. How about that? Who knew? Really? Anyways, crazy. continue. All right, next one up. This is Arizona State President Michael Crow. Cam, I know you're very familiar with him. And so this one may be a little bit more uh, in terms of do we buy it or not, that we might have a little bit more of a question here. So talking about ASU was heavily interested in the Apple deal, according to Crow, which would have allowed for instant digitization of ASU football, men's and women's basketball games, and could also have enhanced the viewing experience as well as the athlete's ability to use game tape for their own purposes. Crow said, there was some risk, but huge opportunity. Some of the schools were committed to that, but it created this another destabilizing moment of sort of tradition versus this modern thing. So Wait, a lot so of back and forth. That, so you're telling me that instead of, oh, shut up, Siri, get out of here. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me that instead of being on TV where people couldn't choose, they could, they'd be on a streaming service where people could choose not to watch their football games. <laughs> that got it. That's dang. They really wanted to be somewhere where people had a choice. That's insane. Um, okay. But in all seriousness, do we, do we buy that crow I... was heavily interested in the Apple deal? I guess is the question on this one. So actually, I was going to say, actually, the two Arizona schools were super interested in trying to save oh. the pack, the remaining. Well, I, I get that they were interested in trying to save the Pac-12, but do we buy that they're interested in this Apple deal specifically is the question. No, no, no. No, actually, I, hang, I, on, hang on, hang on. I, I will say, I to an extent, I do. Um, and, yeah. and the reason I do is... I don't know if they were interested in the number, and I don't know if they were interested if Oregon and Washington didn't go. But the question was, are they just overall interested? And the question and the answer is yes. You're interested in anything that involves money and revenue share. The thing that I think they were also interested in was truthfully about the game tape and making sure that players had access to, to their stuff. I'm not saying they have a highlight tape on Apple TV that you could go pick out and watch. Um, you know, but so yeah. Yeah. but I do think that they would definitely be interested in having that somewhere where you could find it so you know say i'm sure that, that the lowdown cfb would have a a subscription to be able to watch some of the games that have gone on and mm -hmm. be able to see who's doing what and and what happened in certain games i i guarantee that would be something that we would be interested in as a group yeah and so it's not something that i think is far-fetched but I don't. I don't think it's full truth. I don't think it's full 
you know, smoke, it, it, blowing smoke. I think it's somewhere in the middle, but I lean more towards buying that than I do yeah. selling it. Yeah, I, I'm with Tyler as well because that was another thought that I had because you hear about so many people wanting that instant game tape type of thing and mm -hmm. this, and that is ultimately the most no. efficient way to get yeah, as that. long as they're not watching jamarcus russell's film i think they'll be <laughs> all right yeah and and, right. and something i will say is the two arizona schools have always tried to be more on the cutting edge with that kind of technology and so it kind of fits the mold of the two programs okay last but not least this is again arizona state president michael crow talking about he, he's the one that said that when he showed up for the meeting between the Pac-12 presidents at 7 a.m. Pacific time Friday morning, the two schools were absent from the call talking about Oregon, Washington. He then says, basically, you might know there then that the conference is no longer viable. We were interested on finding a way to connect to more people, but we have to be in a viable conference in order to do that. Do we buy that? Because I think that they were looking at their own way out before they knew Oregon and Washington weren't showing up for the Pac-12 meeting. No, so. I 100% buy that too. And and again, I, I was going to say there's I no was... there's 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 no there's no projecting. There's no this is their fault. That we we weren't doing anything like that. Everybody knows they were looking, and they're not denying that they were exploring elsewhere. But you have to, and and they can be all in on the Pac-12 with that backup plan because if you're caught again like the Pac-12 was without any backup plan, you fall apart. So they yeah. needed to make sure that they got somewhere where they were in the right place. The Big 12 just so happened to be the place that made sense, and so I think they were in uh, in talks with Brett Yormark and and the entirety of the Big 12 trying to get something set up, or basically. Along along the lines of yeah, we we will bring in your thing your um, request to join our conference. We will discuss it. We will have a vote on it. I think all of that's legit. I, I really do. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I don't buy what he's saying because I do think that the the ultimate goal was to keep the Pac-12 alive. But you can only do so much, and you still have to be looking out for yourself. Um, because clearly when Oregon and Washington show up, the knife was already in your back. So that was kind of where you had to turn around and, you know, pull it out and start, start working on it for yourself rather than focusing on what everybody else is going to do. Cause clearly it's just, it wasn't happening. So I think it, they were smart to have the backup plan ready. I think that again, a lot of truth to what was said, a lot of legitimacy, but it very well could have also been that they were just more interested in something different. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Crow Robbins or, or, um, Randall, um, mm -hmm. the three university presidents of ASU, U of A and Utah. Mm -hmm. They, one of them went on record saying, we are fully committed to seeing this Pac-12 thing through. And I think so, it was Utah. I think Utah yeah. was one of the ones that was through and through like, most consistently. Like, talking yeah, about either, either way, like those three schools, it was clear they were committed to 
we want we want to stay here in the Pac-12. We fit well here in the Pac-12. We do not want to necessarily have to go to Big 12 or Big 10. And it really showed. And so I, I'm definitely buying that one as well. All right. Well, that was fun, y'all. Last, last little bit before we move on. It looks like in terms of how does the pack move forward with the remaining schools, uh, meeting with the Mountain West this week, potentially as early as Monday, uh, for talks about a potential merger, which we reported, um, you know, back on Friday that that was probably mm -hmm. their next option. Uh, then an immediate meeting with Apple as soon as they have those discussions, as well as potentially even a few American schools. Uh, to discuss expansion. So basically, the preference is to expand and continue on with the Apple deal with whatever they're able to get. And you sent a list of teams that had already applied to join the Pac-12, Tyler, um, if you have that still. Because uh, oh, I, yeah, I, I know Rice find. was one of them, SMU. You know, that's part of the reason why he sent it, of course, is because of those two teams. But uh, it was no, Rice and SMU, like San Diego State, and, and, and quite a few in the Mountain West. More so West. Rice. Yeah, definitely Rice. No, dude. I would <laughs> never send something that benefits just me here. Um, no, of course not. No. Where did I send that at? That was in the uh, the chat, I'm pretty sure, the, the group. There it is. There it yeah. is. Copy. He's very primitive with his technology, y'all. <laughs> okay, so um, in case you forgot, the following schools have already filed the paperwork asking to join the Pac-12. Colorado State, San Diego State, SMU, UNLV, Tulane, USF. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting. Memphis. Boise State, Fresno State, Tulsa, Rice, and New Mexico State. There's I don't know how legit some... any of that is, but you know. who, who's this? Who who does that come from? Because I know that was a tweet. I lost it. I don't as know. long as it it's not Balzac Sports or whatever. Thanks. Um, no, it wasn't. But I don't yeah. know. It was it was somebody who's been kind of following the whole thing, but I don't I don't know how legit all those teams are. But yeah, the. It's there, so I mean, you probably see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is going to be interesting. I, I don't. I'm not going to continue. I don't think we want to continue bombarding about this entire Pac-12 situation. So we're not going yeah. to. But it's there. It's worth discussing, and it, it definitely does carry a very, very considerable amount of weight as yeah. to the future of college football. So now that we've gone almost an hour, we got five minutes that we're going to try to go to get through the recruiting rundown for today. And then we'll get an ad break, just so you know. Uh, so that'll be the time to get your popcorn and stuff like that if you really <laughs> want to really care about our big pull stuff. Um, five-star plus, according to On3 Sports, but five-star safety, according to 24-7 Sports. Uh, K.J. Bolden can, commits to Florida State over Georgia and others. He was very heavily pursued as the top safety in the 2024 class. Huge, huge ad for Florida State. Yeah, this is the second um, five-star I think they've gotten here in like the past week or two. They're, they've been really getting some, some good yes. targets. Yes. In. 
they've hit the recruiting trail hard. Flor- yeah. Mike Norvell's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's that's not it. That's not the only guy we're going to talk about today. In terms of doing a great job, I got more for a different guy later. Uh, five-star running back Nate Frazier commits to Georgia. He's a, a running back over at Modern Day in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know that I'm surprised, but it definitely is a uh, a good guy to get Solid. if you're Georgia. Yeah. I was to say Georgia has always done so much with even lesser than five-star running backs. Now that they're getting these five-star running backs, I mean, it's just watch out. I'm not going to say his career scared. is going to be great. I'm not trying to say his career is not going to be great. I'm just saying stars only matter when you fulfill Apply them. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a bit of a surprise, um, four-star wide receiver Gatlin Blair commits to Boise State over Michigan and Oregon. You figured one of those two schools would have definitely got him. There were a lot of look at both, uh, yeah. Michigan and Oregon. Especially because he's closer to Oregon, right? Yes, but shocks them all. It goes to Boise State. Wow. Um, hey, that's good for them, honestly. Yeah, sure I mean, is. that's that's a huge, uh, a big pickup for Boise State. It's actually their highest rated recruit ever. Yeah, so what, that's, number a, that's a big get. 35 yeah. overall, ninth ranked receiver across the country, if I'm not mistaken. Something. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a very good player, very solid. Andy Avalos has been doing a Quiet, really good job over there in mm-hmm. Boise. Yes, like, absolutely. I, I think Boise State's going to get back to that that level as long as Avalos stays. Um, they very well could find themselves back at the level they were in the late two thousands, early right? yeah, early twenty tens. And then the guy I really want to talk about, but I, I really want to talk about the coach who pulled this off. That's four star athlete Jalua Solomon, and the reason he is an athlete is because he plays both corner and wide receiver uh, in high school currently. Mm-hmm. He commits to Auburn over South Carolina and Florida State. Now I'm actually going to talk about two people here, uh, two coaches, because I think this is big. One, people are not talking enough about the amount of conversations that Shane Beamer is putting South Carolina in in recruiting. Yeah. They're not talking enough about it. I'm not trying to say this to be that guy. I know where my allegiances lie on Saturdays. You see them behind me. I'm not I'm not trying to act like they don't. But don't act like there's not an Auburn helmet sitting up behind me either. Not because I'm an Auburn fan, but I like the helmet. So, you know, and I collect college stuff. So, you know, eventually I'm going to have something of everybody's. But for now... You know, I'm not that old and I don't have that kind of money. Um, <laughs> Shane Beamer is putting South Carolina in a lot of really big recruiting battles very, very consistently. I mean, yeah. they just picked up, and I know this is – look, I know that's a 2026 guy. I know that's a long ways off, but they just picked up a, a very highly touted quarterback in the 2026 class already. Um, yeah. He's been – very, very good at, at, in the transfer portal and in recruiting, picking up and be, just being in the conversation. Spencer Rattler was huge. Austin Stogner mm-hmm. was huge. We're not going to act like South Carolina's quarterback room was great prior to Spencer Rattler coming in. I mean, there was a time. They had, what, a grad transfer or a grad grad? Uh, so there was a time where Zeb Nolan came mm-hmm. to South Carolina to be a graduate assistant. And because he had eligibility left and the quarterback depth situation, he ended up being the starter in year one under Shane Beamer. I remember that. That was year one. Yeah. Well, 
how the turntables. <laughs> because let's not forget that also at that time, Zeb Nolan got hurt that year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a very long time ago and a year that... Um, you won't forget. Should have probably taken a lot of alcohol <laughs> to get through. Um, the the carry on joiner, who is now a wide receiver, uh, more predominantly, was the quarterback because Luke Doty was injured. Um, Zeb Nolan got hurt. He was what was left. Yeah. Um, there was a time, and man, he's really underappreciated. Both Jake Bentley and Ryan Helinski, uh, prior to Helinski's injury, which put Zeb Nolan in the spot to play, um, that also was all legit. This all happened. Um, so Jake Bentley was extremely underappreciated, which then he left to Utah, which that didn't work out. Um, Ryan Helinski played, got hurt was replaced, and then he left and went to Northwestern, which did not work out. But here is South Carolina with Luke Doty still waiting in the wings, and he will very likely be the starter next year, and Spencer Rattler in 2023. South Carolina is putting themselves in very good spots constantly for good recruits. It it makes, makes you really wonder can they get back to that relevance and be a team that competes for the SEC East year in and year out? I'm going to say as long as Shane Beamer sticks around, that answer is a yes. I think so too. Now, we're going to talk about somebody else. Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I've went over my five minutes already, so I'm going to try to make this quick. (laughs) Hugh Freeze at Auburn has been what many might call a godsend. Brian Harson left this place a big star. I mean, it was terrible what what Hugh Freeze has had to walk into, and what he's done one in the transfer portal and two in a recruiting cycle is very very impressive. And it makes you wonder what Ole Miss would have been should he have not gotten fired a handful of years ago. He did a great job at Liberty. He's doing a great job early on at Auburn with both, like I said, the transfer portal and the um, and recruiting overall. Auburn's going to be a year-to-year playoff contender, and I and I'm, dare I say, South Carolina may be a yearly playoff contender as well. Uh, that doesn't mean they make it in every year. Same thing with Auburn, but they will be yearly in that top twenty, making their push for the top fifteen. That I believe. Yeah. So congratulations to both of these teams for finally getting back on track um, to what they were once. Now, South Carolina was not a national championship team at any point. They are not a national championship winner ever. They're a one-time conference champion, which dates back to 1969 in the ACC. Believe me, I'm not saying South Carolina is that school that's going to be national championship contending, conference championship contending. They haven't done that in the past, so why am I going to say that now? But that does not mean they are not. They do not have the potential to be that 11 or 12 seed or even higher any given year. Just yeah. saying. I can believe it. I can absolutely believe it. With that said, we will move forward. But first, we want to thank our partners. 
And we obviously talked about Stathead earlier. They do a great job and a lot of great things for us within our show and what we do here. But we also have three others that are very, very, very important to us. I'm going to start with T Public uh, only because I recently made my first purchase from T Public from yeah. our store. And we have Lowdown CFB merch. We have uh, the Lowdown, the OG podcast on this network. We have merch from them. We have merch for Breakfast Ball. We have merch for Lowdown College Basketball. We have merch all over the place for all of your Lowdown network wants and potentially needs. Make sure you check out the Public link. It's down in the description below. We also have a link for Fanatics. You can go on to the Fanatics website at any time and get one of their many deals they have weekly. It feels like almost daily that they have deals on the Fanatics website. Go on to the college football side. Get your merch for your favorite team. Represent your favorite team. They have some great jerseys on the website. They have some great shirts. Um and even things like phone cases, um, amongst other stuff. I had a phone case that I got from Fanatics a couple of years ago that no longer works for the phone I got now. So, um, <laughs> just cool stuff over there. Yeah, right now they've got a promo going on, Tyler. You can get free shipping in the U.S. only for 24 hours on orders over $24. You can use the promo code 24SHIP. That's 24SHIP. Again, that may not help you if you're listening back to our podcast on our different platforms here on a Monday. But if you're watching live. <laughs> That's what we always YouTube, say. You know where to get it. Our two live viewers. Hey, we had, we were up to six earlier. We were yeah. doing good. Anyways, um, my favorite one of these links happens to be the SeatGeek link that you can find down below. Click the link in SeatGeek, create an account, and you will get $20 off of your first purchase. Now, I know that doesn't seem like that much, but $20 off is actually huge. Mm -hmm. um, can pay a big dent into some of the service fees you may encounter when you buy tickets. But it could also just help you out if you don't have many service fees. It could maybe take a little bit off that order itself. Help you save, you know, put it into a hotel, put it into your gas fund. I mean, yeah. you never know. SeatGeek is the best place to get all of your sporting event tickets. Concerts. Um, yeah, Taylor Swift concert tickets. Oh, I man. mean, I know those things are expensive. But SeatGeek has you covered. So make sure you check them out with our link in the description. Remember, you get $20 off with that link on your first purchase. And the promo so, code, the lowdown. Absolutely. I never much better. And I didn't have a script. Yes, that was much better. And I didn't yeah. even know you were a Swifty, Tyler. That was the first, first, uh, hey, look, you, you dude, I had to, with. um, well, she was in Cincinnati a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, and, I remember seeing that. You know, I'm not going to lie. Look, I, I, I'm not a fan. I don't listen to a lot of different types of... Well, I listen to different types of music, but I kind of have my own, like, artists and stuff that I go to. Not a lot of female artists in my playlist. Not a not a bad thing. Just just the way it is. Like, oof. Okay. Wow. <laughs> not, not a, no, it's not a dig. It's not a dig. <laughs> it's not a dig. Before I get canceled, it's not a dig. It is... <laughs> It is simply just I prefer different music, and I don't know that other than um, Paramore and um, Evanescence Good. that yeah. um, there's too many. Joan Jett, I mean, she's yeah. good. Um, Stevie Nicks. 
Stevie Nicks. I know you Absolutely. love a lot of classic rock. So. I like some Fleetwood Mac, you know. Fleetwood. I like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that I don't have. I have some Taylor Swift in my playlist. Yeah. Now, it wasn't I didn't put it in there for me. I was about, but... to, I was about to say, you wouldn't even put it in there. <laughs> I, I was going to say, guess. did you have a certain <laughs> well, someone? Hey, no, no, she hey. didn't. She didn't influence it. It was, okay, so, you ever Honey, take a road trip with somebody? A... Yes. <laughs> okay. You ever take a road trip with somebody and you're like, you know, maybe I should throw some music that they would like to in this. That way it's not just my stuff. And, you know, I don't want to bore her with podcasts all the time because, believe me, I, I bore myself with podcasts every once in a while. Um, not this one. No, not this one. Um, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts, so I, I definitely can understand getting tired of constant that. talking. Yeah. Um, so I put some music in there that I thought she would like, and it involved... Um, Not Lizzo. That's gonna piss me off. That's not the name I was looking for. Um, Dua Lipa is that her uh, name? Is that what yeah. you call her? Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I only know one of her. Songs. I don't even know what that means, by the way. But that's that's what I know. I put uh, some Taylor Swift in there. Some uh, Lainey Wilson. Oh yeah. Um, why do you say it like that? <laughs> I know who Lainey Wilson is. That's all I mean. Yeah, uh, I like Lainey Wilson. Okay, but it, um, so yeah, I, I put up a. A playlist for not a playlist i just added it into my rotation of liked songs that has like 2000 like songs on it and Man, cam he's slacking i've got like a playlist yeah. with ten thousand songs or something yeah like well guess who didn't ask you buddy um i i kind of have to be honest i didn't ever start throwing my like songs playlist together until probably about four or five years ago and i don't listen to new music too often and when i do it's just artists i really like so until I come across new stuff, I, I kind of don't throw it in there. So it is what it is. It's yeah. it's not that big a deal. I'm not gonna one of these days. We'll do this a, isn't a lowdown music podcast. I was just about to uh, say we need to do a lowdown music podcast yeah. one of these days. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna refrain and pass on that one. Well, I I don't <laughs> um, like a lot of the songs that I like, so I'm only at eighteen hundred. I don't like a lot of the songs that I like. Wow, what a earth shattering. Well, yeah, what was that? Kind of. <laughs> well, you know how on, like, for instance, I use Spotify. You can like the song or something yes. like that. Yeah, I don't necessarily like it and throw it off. Oh, I just add it to playlist. a playlist. I don't like it. But let's see. So I like songs, and if they're not in my like songs, they're not in them. Like, I just click that rotation, and it goes around. I don't like like songs. I like to listen to them, and if I like to listen to them. I'll add it to the playlist, and that's what I listen to. Fair enough. Anyways, uh, now that we're done talking about music, uh, that I was your five minutes. Eight hours, music. though. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know how much. I, I know my playlist got us through a thirty-one-hour trip from California here uh, to Ohio um, wow. about four years ago. So, not very bad. nice. Yeah. So that happened. Anyways, that was pre-podcast days, by the way. Not that anybody would know that. Okay. Big 12. Big 12. Welcome. Welcome to the big boy table. Man, where do we even start? Well, I guess I could use my... uh, Yeah, I guess I could use my sheet that I have that would tell me where we start. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the worst team in the Big 12 in 2023. Um, 
will be, and I'm going to let Cam leave this off because I, I know who it is. I'm the only one who knows who it is. So, Cam, go ahead. I have Take us West home. Country roads because I have the West Virginia Mountaineers as the worst team in the conference. RJ, we're sorry. He, he's, he can be shunned now. <laughs> Shut the dead believers, I know, know RJ is going to be watching this, and that's why I say Sorry, that. RJ. Yeah, our, our, uh, good, our good friends amongst the group chats. Um, yeah, RJ was definitely excited, and I may have shut him down quick on, <laughs> on our podcast. He was one of the few that was watching and then yeah, left because of what Cam just said. No. <laughs> it was a short-lived viewership. Um, no, Cam's Cam is... Cam's got his reasons, I know, but I. It's more so I don't trust Neil Brown. Oh, I can. He hasn't necessarily. Well, neither do I. I don't trust (laughs) him. No. Yeah, look. He he makes a lot of stupid decisions on the field. Like, I I don't. There's just some. It's one of those feelings that I've got where it's just like, this team is going to struggle. Like,. Not that I necessarily <laughs> when Neil Brown was like too. was like I'm gonna start calling plays again. I'm like, well, I don't know who was calling plays last year. It sure <laughs> but, as hell wasn't Graham Harrell no. because yeah. that was and not his um, offense. Yeah. No, um, and and the thing about but it again, is, I mean, some stickum or some glue or something might have helped for the receivers. Yeah, um, and the thing for for West there, Virginia there's is no that, progression there either. Yeah. yeah, even as as shaky at times that Neil Brown has been, he still did something last year that. Uh, Dana never did. He didn't. He beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the same year. They, he, Oof. you know, that was something Dana didn't do while he was at West Virginia. So, uh, anyway, wow. my team that I have coming in last place, the worst team in the Big 12 in 2023, is not West Virginia, but a school that is pretty close to them. That's going to be the Cincinnati Bearcats, the the team that was in the playoff just a couple of years ago. They are going to be the worst team in the Big 12 this year. Oh, boy. Well, we do agree. Um, no. I know what I have them ranked, but I'm actually going to say something different. Uh, one, because I might actually believe it. Um, so, something I've been overlooking, and this only changes them one spot, and it flips them with the team I have in 13th. Um the thing I've been overlooking is who might be the quarterback at Cincinnati this year. Um, and, and a Scott Satterfield system, this is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Emory Jones or Evan Prater might actually be pretty good. I'm going to go Houston. Okay. Um, but I had them in this. I, had, I just flipped them just now to use a different answer. But at the same time, I actually think I might have overlooked that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Houston as the worst team in the Big 12 in 2023. Can I make an addendum that depending on what happens with the uh, little degenerate that's our gambling friend up at ISU, Hunter Deckers, that they could be in this spot because of how 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 bad that, that could end up being? I don't think they will be, but they might I, be down there. I was gonna say, There's somebody I, here that I don't think really looked into that too hard. And if he did... He's buying a lot, a little too hard into Neil Brown. Or not Neil Brown, uh, sorry. Uh, anybody who's Matt buying Campbell. into Neil Brown is buying too hard into Neil Brown. <laughs> it may need to be sent to a gambling retreat. 
Um, That's an insane asylum. Yeah. Right there. Um, our friend Matt Campbell. Yeah. That's. Yeah. We'll see. But Not the. Even then, I still have them missing a bowl game. So. Well, I, I had them missing a bowl game prior to Hunter Decker's going away. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of in a spot where it's like, oh, does this really bother me that much? No. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this will be fun. Yes, it will be. This is going to be a very fun topic because I, I feel like, once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow somebody to go first who doesn't always get the opportunity. Oh, God. Cam, if you would like... Could you tell us who the player of the year will be in the Big 12 in 2023? This is easy, then. Um, Xavier Worthy of Texas. I mean... What? <laughs> what do you mean, easy? <laughs> Dude! You're going to say it's easy oh, and then pick no. the wrong guy from the right school. <laughs> I... Oh. oh, my god! Oh, man. Oh, okay, no, go damn. ahead. I got to hear this now. I'm all Please. in. So, Xavier Worthy is perfect for this Texas offense. He's going to put up ridiculous video game-like numbers. He was on pace for that before he got hurt last year. And so I I just think that there... I, I, I also think that people are starting to get fatigued of quarterbacks being the end-all, be-all with some of these awards. And so I I think that Xavier Worthy is the type of player who can dethrone the almighty quarterback in the Big 12. All right. Okay. Well, so. Oh, man. So. I could see the logic. I really don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I just, I can't. When you said this is easy, I was like, okay, well, he's going to get this out of the way. Yeah. And then you go, which is fine. But yeah. let's not forget A.D. Mitchell, Isaiah Nair returning from injury, mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy. Um, damn, who's the tight end they have coming in this year? Um, oh, crud. Yeah, hold on. I'll see if I can find I... Allow me to find this real quick. Is it Sanders? Jatavian Sanders? Yeah, Jatavian uh, Sanders. Like, I just... They've got another a lot of thing, weapons. Yeah, I know that they do. And another thing to keep in mind is Xavier Worthy is the one who gets talked about all the time. In the media, I know. I know. And the media just... always tries to prove themselves right. And so since he's the one getting talked about the most, magically he's going to show up there. I say that as a part of the media, but... <laughs> All right. I mean, I mean th- it, since I've got him on my college fantasy team camp, I'll go ahead and allow it because I I, I would like to win. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, no, though. And also, no. you have to keep in mind, I'm used to writing people thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna go." Well, last. just start. Just start thinking you're gonna go first. Then from now on, we got a couple more of these to do. Just yeah. imagine that you're gonna I'll go write first down the first two. option. Then yes, time. please do. Tyler, do you want to go ahead and take who Cam should have taken? Because I didn't think he'd be available, and I know you probably didn't either. But um, I 
Mr. Thumbnail Maker? No. No? No. Okay. You know what? Fine. I'll go Quinn yours. At least I can at least somebody will be right, I guess. That's fine. That's, I was gonna say that's who we I always do an honorable mention group at the end. That, anyways, that's who so that's who I was gonna take. I just figured you'd go ahead and, and you could take him. Oh well you can have him. I'll go I'll go Jalen Daniels. Okay. I like that. I was gonna say uh, Skylar Howard right potentially if, if you took Quinn yours. So you will Howard? Yeah. That's what I said. You said Skylar Howard. I met which Will I Howard. definitely don't know. You, you just combined Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson and Will Howard. Because yeah. we were talking about Skylar Thompson earlier today. But so I yeah, actually, I do like that. Like Dylan Gabriel, too, to have a bounce back year potentially. I like, I, I really, really like from Oklahoma. If, if we're talking Oklahoma, I don't like mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel. I actually. Um, I could see Javante Barnes if yeah. he has the year that I think he could have, but they also have um oh uh, who is it and um watch out for it's not, not Gray because he's gone, right? Yeah, Eric Gray's gone. It's um Gavin Salchuk. I that was yeah. um I also I'll say it because um, we're all wearing the same shirt. Um Chandler Morris. Let's not act That's like Chandler so Morris just isn't in this conversation. No. And we if definitely. if if this guy had the if this guy had the improvement that everybody says he had over the offseason, I am going to allow Tyler Shuck to be on this list. Even though I don't know that it's it's reasonable to put him on this list. He really hasn't ever done anything. Yeah. Um I could see I could see a reason in, in a spot where he does have a very good year. I was gonna say he he's been on this kind of improved over the offseason list the last two years. I didn't buy it going into last year. Mm-hmm. He got hurt, and that's part of why I think yeah. you know it was kind of one of those that I, I, I kind I of dismissed it. But he did well when he returned from injury, so he just needs to be able to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, what about? I know that I just trashed their entire program, and I apologize to RJ about it. Um, You're gonna say CJ Donaldson. CJ Donaldson. <laughs> um, I only think it's gonna go to somebody who really helps the team win the conference, and I just yeah, don't right. see West Virginia yeah, winning no, the that's conference. Fair. Yeah. Like um, that. That's the so most I'm kind of way. I'm throwing options out for reasons why teams may win a conference, and that's yeah. kind of where it's gonna come from, or a reason yeah. why maybe a dark horse fits into this conference championship. Yes. If West Virginia gets to the conference championship, there is something totally. CJ Donaldson's cooking. I'll be real. So, some somebody Garrett Green or whoever ends up becoming quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of going with with players from schools I think could yeah, could actually no, win the conference. Totally. I fair. think that's usually it's, the way it goes. That, that's the I way so. it more often than not goes. But he's a player that deserves a shout out, though. Absolutely. All right. Well. When we look at some of these things um, that have happened over the offseason, we obviously talked about um, coordinator changes, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I'm only going to bring up a couple. So TCU loses Garrett Riley. Yeah. But they bring in Kendall Bryles um, and A.J. Ricker. To yeah. replace them. I think this is actually a really good ad. This is TCU may not really miss too much of a beat. Now, I'm not saying 
I have them between eight and ten wins. I have them like eight and four, nine and three, truthfully, with a height of ten and two. Yes. Uh, but their schedule, their schedule is a little tougher than than last year as well. Most definitely, up. I mean, you, 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 it lines up where you could see TCU start potentially like seven to zero, yeah. and then those last five, you could see them winning two or three of them. You could see them winning, you know, three or four of them, or they could potentially, you know, they could lose four, three or four of them. Like it, it really is. It's going to hinge on that last, like from mid October to the end of the season, how how their season goes based on on that really. Yeah, yeah, like I think I have them. There's at, literally two games that I, when I was doing this, flipped back. I think I have them at nine and three, and I know, but hey, look, I've, I've, I'm not gonna back off of this train now. We're in August at this point. I have them losing to SMU, and I have them losing to Kansas State and Texas Tech, but beating Texas. That's my one loss for Texas in the in the regular season. Um, so he, that, sorry, I just ruined something. Um, I was to say he he he's kind of on the same track that I am outside of the. The SMU loss. I've got us losing to, to Kansas State and Oklahoma. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's chances here. So we'll we'll go ahead and discuss Dark Horse Conference Championship team. Um, Was that all really... with the coordinators? Because uh, oh oh I, sorry, hang on. I yeah. had one more that I I like um, I like Kendall Browse coming in out, outside of the name, of course, which is just ironic. But I, he's a he damn final, good coordinator. So they, they, they finally chose the right side of the room. Chad Scott replaces Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator, by the way, at uh, West Virginia. But, mm-hmm. again, it's going to be Neil Brown. Dana Holgerson is his self-proclaimed offensive coordinator with Shannon Dawson leaving. Um, yeah. And then a last one because it is very, very nostalgic to hear this name again. Nate Shieldhouse is the offensive coordinator at Iowa State. Wow. The old Illinois quarterback. Yeah. Yes. Nice. How about that? Yes. Very good. The last time Illinois was relevant, as a matter of fact, was with until last year. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. But uh, hey, look, I'm I'm saying like the last time as if because they're still relevant this year. Uh, yes. I think they they don't really fall off. He was a fun quarterback to watch in college, though. Um. But yeah, that was pretty much all there. Uh, recruiting classes are all top seventy-five classes, which is not bad. Uh, Cincinnati's the bottom recruiting class, and Texas was third last year. Oh. And then we, again, we'll, we'll go into Dark Horse Conference Championship predictions. Um, now, I am going to – I'm going to take off of the list Texas, Kansas State, and TCU. Um, Oklahoma, I'm, I'm going to allow – to be on this list because I think that people are are not really buying into Oklahoma. I think the preview magazines are buying more into them than some of us may be. And I don't even think Oklahoma is going to be picked out of the three of us, to be honest. But they're on the table if somebody wants them, I guess. Um, Same with, like, Texas Tech. Everybody's using them the same way they did Kansas State last year. I'm going to allow it for this conversation. Um... But I don't know if they'd really be a dark horse. I'm just going off of the teams that are not really favored, and that is Texas, Kansas State, and TCU, in my my opinion. I think those are three. I haven't heard a lot of love for Oklahoma, really. So, Yeah, I know, and I I don't know why. I mean, you're talking about – It's been back and forth. You're talking about a team that lost five of their seven games last year by a single possession. They could easily – Hey, I've heard that story before. 
I know. I'm. I'm. I, it's. It's more often the case as opposed to the Scott Frost method, which is, you know, unfortunately not not the best three beneficial team. for for a team to do. But no. Um. So I legitimately do buy into Oklahoma turning things around. I think that their schedule allows for it. They've got the talent significantly to do it. Uh, and if they're able to keep Gabriel healthy and, and if not, you know, they have a, a backup plan as opposed to running whatever the hell that Wildcat quarterback bullcrap was in the Red River game last year, which is now Red River rivalry again. So it's triple R. Um, if they've got a better plan, you know, for, for quarterback, if Gabriel goes down, maybe Jackson Arnold comes in, maybe you see General Booty get some snaps whatever the case is, they've got the talent. They can make this. And I don't know why more people aren't really buying into them as a, as I don't, I don't even consider them a dark horse. The only reason they're a dark horse is because they were six and seven last year. Absolutely. I, I'm 100% agree with you. Um, fair. So we're going to do win totals. We are going to do, did we do dark horses? I was gonna say we never really did. We just oh, went that's on right. I'm sorry. about Oklahoma. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we no, went off on a little fair. tangent, but okay. Dark horses, not including the three that we named. Yeah, Cam. Yeah, I'm gonna allow. I'm gonna allow Cam to get the first portal on this one. On this one. Yeah, I don't know about necessarily conference championship, but they could do a lot of damage, like the, what we've seen them do the past few years. And the way that they've been building the past few years as well. I'm going to go with Kansas. I think the Jayhawks have been building up really, 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 really well over the past few years. And they, they're they at least going to do some sort of damage in the conference. And I could see them pulling off an upset or two and maybe – just maybe due to once again we've seen the the big 12s another conference we've seen kind of cannibalize itself at times i could see them taking advantage of that cannibalization and getting themselves into tiebreaker situations to get it yeah but they're the only team behind florida state that uh like only florida state returns more production from last year than they do they're second in the country with 85 percent on both the offensive and defensive side 91 percent offensively which is tops in the country and still top 10 defensively with 80 percent of production returning from a year ago so i absolutely buy into that argument cam i really do i think texas or i, re I really think kansas is a, a you know is a dark horse team this year and I mean, I've been continuously talking about Texas Tech even since back, I think in January when we first kind of talked about potential dark horses for, for this conference. So I'm not going to harp on that drum yet again, just because, I mean, you kind of already know what my feelings are for Texas Tech this year. But uh, I mean, I already went on the long spiel defending Oklahoma. So I guess that can be my dark horse for uh for the season, even though it doesn't really feel like a dark horse. That way Tyler can have a juicy, sexy pick. You want to wait on your dark horse? Okay. You, you want to wait, or did you... 
I, I said, I guess I'll take Oklahoma because I already went on a spiel defending them and talking about why. why sure? Yeah. Go ahead. Sure about that. Oh. Go ahead. Damn, I was just sitting here drumming up my excuse on why West Virginia was going to be that. <laughs> I really was. I was sitting here. I'm like, man, can I can I make this excuse? Can I make no. this argument? No, you can't. Um, no, I think I could. <laughs> Turns um, out that was a lie. I think I could, but I'm not. I'm not going to. If I don't yeah. have to, because I'm going to go Texas Tech. Yeah, because um, I've already, like I said, I've already, I've been saying them since January. I don't need to go back on that. That's a cheater. Yeah, I just, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Oklahoma. I think they're going to be much improved. I think this team is, is eventually going to find that footing and that momentum that they need. Uh, having a healthy quarterback is probably a big, big step in that direction. Yeah, having two really good running backs is also helpful, and then just having an overall better defense that didn't get gutted to still be bad over at USC, anyways. Yeah. Um. All of that helps having having a lot of a pulse around this program and having having almost a an identity built at this point. They finally seem to have that. I think they got that last year and just continue to build on it. And eventually, like the final game they played against Florida State was not a bad game at all. Um, they lost. They lost by three, but they lost to a really good Florida State team. I don't think that that game being close was more indicative of what Oklahoma really could have been compared to what Florida State actually was, because I don't think they were that bad. Um, it was just a game where Oklahoma found exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. They're going to come into this year. They're going to have a good year. Texas Tech, on the other hand, I think that it's just – it really bounces to Joey McGuire. It really discusses kind of where he's at as a head coach right now. I I truly believe that, that there is a path for them to be in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington – Come December. Yep. Now, is that my pick? I stick around. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But I think that they are they're on the right path. They continue to do the right things. And it's just a matter of whether Tyler Chuck finally shows that potential um and lives up to the potential that I think everybody's discussed since he was at Oregon, even um when he was initially the starter that followed Vernon Adams, I believe. Uh yes. After Marcus Mariota. Is that how no, long so, ago we got a dig for that? No, let's see. So Adams was quarterback, I think, when they played us in the Alamo Bowl. And I, I don't think that he was there long enough that Shuck followed him. But there was somebody in between. I, I'm trying to remember. Um, so Mariota. Then they had um, then they had Adams, I'm pretty sure. And then so, there's somebody else in between. So let me... I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question very quick. Okay. So So hey, I was just say Cam if if you had that info. What's up? Sorry, no, he, I, he's he's zoned out. He's half asleep over there. <laughs> I um, I I had just seen notification from RJ for giving me so <laughs> Oh, that's well, good. <laughs> we know he's watching, and we know he forgives you. That's good. Um. Okay, so let's. So. Okay, so it was Justin Herbert, yeah, uh, Junior Justin Herbert. Um, yeah. Along with some interesting other names uh, on this roster that involved Braxton Burmeister. Oh yeah, uh, Tyler Shuck. Um. Yeah, that was interesting. That's a That's, wow, what quarterback a room. The quarterback room that could have been over there, but yeah. so yeah, he was with Justin Herbert over. That was because of Mario leaving, right? 
that all they let all of them left too. Mario just left. Who was so? Who was it before then? Because I know Lanning just took um, the second year, but Helfrich. Was Mark it Helfrich or was it? Um, it was Mark. Helfrich. It was Mark Helfrich because he was there in the playoff year and all that stuff. Yeah, um, to Helfrich to the revolving door before. Did they? They had Taggart at one point. It feels like, or did yeah. Taggart replace? I can't I remember how it trade. went, but it was Taggart, Cristobal, and yeah. now was Lanning. there one other coach? Helfrich to yeah. to Taggart to okay. Lan or to Helfrich. Yeah. I'll help you out here. Uh, Oregon, 2017. He was there in 2017. Um, so he was between Helfrich and Cristobal. Yeah. Um, okay. At which point, Cristobal then out to where we're at now. So, yeah. nonetheless, anyways. I thought Tiger was there for um, And it was bad. There was one other thing I wanted, and I, I really want to see if I can. Now yeah, I'm now I'm bought in on this. I, I, I want to see if I can. Trace it back. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see if I can there. make the. I want to see if I can make this work. Okay. Okay. I don't think you know what I'm trying to make work, but I, I'm gonna consider me clueless on this front. Are you gonna um, actually try to make? Stop! No, team? let me let me just let me just do it, and then I'll, we'll talk. Okay. Oh no! Stop! Stop! Oh, the um, humanity. <laughs> so let's see. Who can I? Who can I put in this thing here? Let's sort by position. <laughs> Are you building a grid? Well, I'm looking at a grid. Hang on. Um, okay. So. Say. It's not Garrett Green. Say it's Nico Miracle. Mm -hmm. Or. Uh, Markiel. Sorry. Let me turn to that right. Nico Markiel. I could see <laughs> a world where West Virginia is not terrible. Um, and by not terrible, I have them at four and eight with Garrett Green as a starter. That's my projection with Garrett Green as a starter. Markiel may be a little better if Nico's the guy. <laughs> hey, man, West Virginia could have a path to a Big 12 competition. <laughs> They're not going to the championship game. But they, could, they could find themselves in a bowl game. Yeah, I think that's kind of the level of play. Uh, that and again, the wide receiver running some gloves at work that might help a little bit too. Just um, get in touch with Jerry Rice, he might know a guy. I'm just gonna take more than that. He never used gloves though. Um, well, he had to stick them on his hands, didn't he? Thank goodness Bryce Ford Wheaton's gone. Maybe that'll help. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think West Virginia has. Potential, I really do. I'm not going to make the argument because I don't have to because Texas Tech is the team I'm going with. But yeah, it's possible. Look, I'm the guy yeah, that had them in nine. I had them going nine and three last year because I really believed in JT Daniels, uh, the combination with Graham Harrell. Yeah, and I got shot in the back of the head by the wide receiver room at West Virginia. <laughs> so because it wasn't the defense. Let's be real about that. It was not the defense. They weren't good, but they weren't bad either. No. Um, yeah, look, there, there's worse in this Big 12 conference, okay? Yeah. Bottom line. Win totals? Yeah, win totals. <laughs> now that I'm done with that, I'm sure I'm going to get crushed for that. Um, 
All right. Baylor is the first team up on the window market. Mm -hmm. They sit at seven and a half. Let me under uh, oh and twelve. No, <laughs> that's really that's buy into the rivalry. Yeah. By it, the way, just to update the Cam versus RJ saga, he has now forgiven me, and I have made a bet that I will buy. I'm taking the fanatics, under. of course. I, I've got the other under, but yeah, I I, under. I will buy off of Fanatics a WVU shirt of his choice if, if they if, win eight games. Okay, uh, you so, might. What is he gonna do for you when they don't win eight games? If they don't, I don't know. Play? Share the show. <laughs> <laughs> that seems up, like a bad investment famous. on your part. All right, but... so all unders on B on Baylor, which is yes. uh, probably smart. Mm -hmm. um, the betting numbers say it's smart. Uh, BYU is getting four and a half, and I I have the over. I have them at five. I can see six. I can see a bowl eligible team from BYU. I think they're a good team. I just think they got a really brutal schedule. Yeah. Cam? You go first. No, no, no. Get your biased opinion out of the way now so we can move forward. We see what's behind you. Don't we're good. Just say it. Go ahead. Just like that, I've got the over. Oh. That was hey. really surprising. Hey, biased as it gets right there. Uh, yeah. now, so. No, I I I I think they're a hundred percent right. BYU returns a lot and as you guys have seen, I begrudgingly have given kudos to Sataki and what he's done there. And yeah. I, they really I, didn't make a good hire when they tried yeah, to I mean, when they had to replace Bronco Mendenhall on such short notice, they they made the right yeah. yeah. They made a real improvement there in the program as a whole. You're not hearing about them taking cheap shots at anyone anymore. The smart play here is the over, but I don't know that I see more than five. So I went with under. I went four and eight because I don't trust their defense. And I, I really think that Sitake they're going to... is a defensive guy. Like. Yeah, but they're replacing a lot of talent. I've got the number... As a matter of fact, I have them bowl eligible because, you know what? I could fix that for myself right now. <laughs> um, I have them at 7-5 right now, but... They return, they return a little bit more from their defense than I thought because I knew that they were struggling... Uh, on both sides of the ball, returning some production. I had them losing to Iowa State, so I could fix that. Yeah, I got them over easily now. I, I, mean, I had Iowa State down as both a loss and a win. Yeah, I have I them beating. I have them. I, I have them beating Iowa State, but I'm still peckishly under four and eight. It's it's going to be very close though. Like I said, the smart play is probably on the over, but I'm just my gut. Something telling me that that they're going to have some struggles. No, I could definitely see that for sure. Um, Cincinnati sits at five and a half. I'm hitting under, and that is an all day lock under Cincinnati. Yeah, it's under, and I don't know how they're getting five and a half unless it's just the prestige of what they did a couple of years ago that they're still coding coasting off of. I, I really don't like a lot of this team. They don't have a whole lot of stuff returning from them. In fact, they're dead last in the conference. And 
you know, 121st offensively, 107th defensively. They're the only Big 12 team that doesn't return at least 50% of production on both sides of the ball. Definitely. I've got them under. Yeah. Um, Houston gets four and a half. I'm going under as well. Four and a half, I'm going under. I I guess I'll go slight over. Like, I don't know for certain. Though. Thank you for confirming like, our under. Thank you. Like, I'm going to go put something on that real quick. Yeah. Just, well, you know, maybe later, but not not on the show. I, not on the show. I can't promote degeneracy on the show. I, when maybe you, you can don't call, live in the right states. Maybe you can call Hunter Deckers. He might be able to help you out. I'll ask him. I'll send him a message on Twitter. Sounds good. Houston's a team where they've got a lot of games where it's like, okay, I still trust the offense there, but I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, they're in the top top 25 in terms of returning production offensively. It's not the offense that's the question. Well, that's ironic. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of which, Iowa State's not on here, so I'm just not going (laughs) to. I was going to say, I think. Thought I saw they Iowa got State. pulled for very obvious. I'm sure that yeah, they they. I think I saw them earlier this off season, maybe about four and a half somewhere. You could probably find. In fact, you know what, Cam, I'm gonna look that up real quick. And if we want to do the next team, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Kansas gets six and a half. Uh, I'm going over, and I actually think it's a very confident over for Kansas. So the number six and a half for Kansas. Six and a half. Yeah, I'm pretty very sure I've got them. Yeah, yeah, very I'm very confident, confident over. over. Yes, because yeah. I think their floor is seven. So, yeah, I think so too. Uh, the number for Iowa State was six, according to CBS Sports. Oh, that's and an under. That's the, yeah, that's hand hammering under. This was also it was back in June before all this news came out, but still, the fact that it was six, it was an under. I, if it, even with Hunter Deckers, honestly, for yeah. me, so under. It's fun. Kansas State at seven and a half. I'm going over. Oh, hammer the I, man. I really like seven this team. Like people half? people worry that because Deuce Vaughn's gone and Malik Knowles is gone, that this Kansas State team just goes away. Yeah, they not, don't go away. No, Let me tell not. you right now that the the just straightforward um Very, very smart decision making by coordinators, uh, more specifically Colin Klein, mm-hmm. when the quarterback change happened, proved to me that this coaching staff is very good. And this is might yes. be one of the best staffs in the country and coaching staffs. This is an offensive line that should be in your conversation for a Joe Moore award in 2023. They are that good, led by Cooper Beebe. They've got a lot more guys than just him, though. They're returning that all five starters. Line is- they're returning all five starters yeah, from yeah. last year that were very good last year. They they bring they have a running back uh, who's going to come in who I think is going to be much better than Deuce Vaughn was. I think Deuce Vaughn was liked because of his size and the explosive playability. I think you get a guy now that's going to be even more consistent. Uh, let me find that name so I'm not just calling him a guy. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I think I had it. Uh, just a second ago. Let I me... had it somewhere, but I lost it. Um, is it um, uh, DJ Giddens, who's yeah. actually supposed to be much better and played very well last year. A lot of high hopes. And let me just go ahead and look through this. Uh, they may also. Room. They, they also. Philip Brooks back. They have RJ Garcia, who I think is going to be very good. 
And uh, don't forget Keegan Johnson, the transfer from Iowa, who comes into K-State this year. This is not a team that loses a lot. Their defense is still very good. I mm-hmm. I absolutely, absolutely love Joe Klanderman, um, their defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, they also brought in Treshawn Ward, who it looks like mm-hmm. is going to be the starting running back over Giddens, but – I mean that doesn't mean that they're. That's still both, two very good running yeah, backs. That's absolutely. two. That, that is a very good running the, back room. The job, yeah. and possibly the best in the Big Twelve, there. or one of the best. Yeah. K State's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't no, know where people get this idea the that they job. are, but this seven and a half is a joke. I'm glad it's been hammered so bad that people can't even bet on it and make money anymore. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that their home schedule is is a breeze in terms of conference play. Mm-hmm. They've got. Central Florida and TCU, two of their tougher games. They get them both at home. The road's no gimmies. They've got Tech, Texas, and Kansas all on the road. But if they can survive a couple of you know close ones on the they're road, they're, they're be back in around team. in those games. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oklahoma uh, gets nine and a half. I'm going under, but I have them at nine. I, uh, hey, I mean, in in both of these are. are there's not one really more favored than the other. Uh, actually, yeah. the under has been hit a lot more, but they're both in the negatives um, in terms of numbers. It's minus 104 and minus 118. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, um, Oklahoma is expected to be really good. I have I have the under, but slight. I have them as a 9-3 team. A 9-3 and three team, but their three losses coming in conference play. Cam? Yeah, I've got them as a – right now I have them at – Eight, but that's kind of the floor of what I see. So I lean. I I'm going to go with the under just to be on the safe side. But I I at the same time, BJ and Tyler both. You guys were spot on with OU earlier. So I'm going to take it back to before the 2022 season. I said this is not going to be the year for Oklahoma to be in the playoff considerations. It's going to be next year, even after a six and seven year. That is still the case. I like the talent on this team. I'm probably the only one that's going to go over, and I think it's. I, I'm. I'm very confident. That I'm not down the talent. Them. I just. I, I really want to see the improvement because the problem was I didn't yeah. question the offense at any point last year, even without yeah. Dylan Gabriel. I, I, I thoroughly question what the true improvement will be on the defense. I'm I like Brent Venables. I know yeah. where he's at. I know what guy, what kind of a coach he is. But he's yeah. one of the best. But I still, I still need to see yeah. that marked improvement in, in year two. And and so I'm, I'm staying a little short on them probably. But it, I, I would rather be safe than than go way over and have to talk like I did about West Virginia. Um, Again, yeah, so but I'm I'm going over, and I, I mean they don't play Kansas State. They've got Texas and TCU are yeah. probably their their two toughest games. I think they could absolutely get over, and they get TCU. Oklahoma State is a team that I I really think I need to. Nah, I'm gonna stick to where I'm at. I have they're, they're a six and a half. They're six and a half. Uh, over and under are both in the same boat as Oklahoma. I they have Alan Bowman who's going to be the quarterback, which I think is a ouch. Uh, it's probably a slight downgrade, but not by much compared to what Spencer Sanders was able to do, anyways. Um, in his career, I don't think very highly of Spencer Sanders. I think Chuba Hubbard was a big key to that offense in 2021, mm-hmm. which put them in the conference championship game. Yeah, I'm gonna go under on the six and a half. 
this is going to be Mike Gundy's first year that he doesn't make a bowl game since he took over as the yep. head coach of Oklahoma State. I'm also going under. I have the under as well. All right. TCU at seven and a half. I'm going over. I think that this is a team that goes from eight anywhere from eight to ten. Um, and and truly, I think they have a pos- potential if if things stay improved. That with what they have on the defense coming back, and and what I think Kendall Bryles is capable of, Chandler Morris could have a really good year. Chandler Morris could be better than Max Duggan, like everybody expected, anyways. And TCU could have a, a repeat of last year where they're in the Big 12 championship game. Now, I'm not saying they go back to the playoff. I think that's extremely bold to say, but I think they could and and are a team that a lot of people are talking about for returning to the Big 12 title. At seven and a half, I think that's entirely too low. I think a lock of the year might be over on the seven and a half for TCU even. Um, but again, it's one of those that everybody's already hammered the over so much that it's it may not be worth getting. Yeah. Cam, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I've got the over. I've got them at their floor right now, and it's eight wins. So, Yeah, I agree. I think their floor is eight wins. I think a lot of people are, are – I think a lot of the question marks from Vegas in terms of why the number so low is because of how little production they're returning offensively without taking into account that Chandler Morris was supposed to be the starter last mm-hmm. year. Well, that – and I mean, the transfers, nobody mm-hmm. really knows a lot Jojo about. Earl. Jojo Earl, mm-hmm. Trey Sanders, like yeah. what are these guys – what are they going to bring to the table? Yeah. Because it's really not not capable of being answered yet. Yeah. Uh, so TCU may once again be saying this at the end of the season uh, prior to a national championship game. Winning. <laughs> and maybe talking about a lot of winning. I'm really, really excited. Uh, thank to you. What, thank you, Charlie Sheen, for putting the words right in my mouth. I'm really excited um, to see what Imani Bailey can do. I, I think that the biggest reason they're top 40 in terms of returning production defensively, like you mentioned, and that's why I feel like this is pretty common. I can say it's over. I can say your bet, the best bet is over for TCU. Texas at nine and a half. I'm going over. I over. Need to say more. Over. Yeah, Cam thanks, also Cam. says over. No, yeah, pounds right out of his mouth. Texas Tech, seven and a half. Man, do I really like having to continue to do this? Yeah, I do. Once again, I'm going to say over. Um, on Texas Tech. I think that this is a team that probably gets closer to eight or nine. So I think they'll I think they'll eclipse that number. So I've got a friend who the past two years now I've and got me. a you got a friend with me. Yeah, that too. He's he's a tech fan. And the past two years I've done some bets with him on the tech win total. Last year I was very bullish and I said I don't think they get to four. Well that blew up on my face. This year I'm higher on tech than he is. The, basically, Vegas has it right where we're at. He says seven and five. I say eight and four. So I'm hoping that the over hits because that's where I've got. I want to make some money. Eight and yeah, four. Yeah, I got Tech. the over. Over as well. 100%. UCF is at six and a half. I'm also here going with the over. I really like UCF. They're my favorite of the four new joints to be to be the best out of those four. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go with the over on six and a half. Yeah. I think over is a pretty smart play here. I don't know what the money is, is leaning towards over there, Tyler. You might have to uh, fill us in on that, but I, I feel like over is a pretty safe play. I, I think money's they, definitely on the over. Yeah. I think that they've got the potential to be upwards of seven or eight wins potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got the over. 
West Virginia's at five and a half. My my ceiling with <laughs> Garrett Green as a starter is five and seven. My ceiling with um God, why do I, why how do I already lose these things? Um Markiel as Markiel. the starter could be six. Um so with the except expectation of Garrett Green, I'm gonna say under five and a half. I'm again I'm hopping on the train. I'm going to go over, but just slightly. I, I would say the smart plays the under, but I think they're going to get to six and six. I think they're going to make a bowl game. All right. Sorry, RJ, but I've obviously got the under. <laughs> All right. Well, That's real quick. Thing. Well, we have our standings to show. And it was unanimous. Texas is the team that will be in first place at the end of the regular season. Remember, these standings do not combine our predictions for conference champions. This is just our standings by the end of the regular season. So Texas is number one, Kansas state at two, Texas tech three, TCU four, Oklahoma five, Kansas six, UCF seven, Baylor eight, BYU nine, West Virginia, 10, Oklahoma state, 11, Iowa state, 12, Houston, 13, and Cincinnati, 14. I need to step away to end the show. So I'm going to leave it to you guys, but I want to say Texas over Kansas state as my conference champion. So, yeah. All right, Tyler. Well, thank you. I, I, let's see if we can get that figured out. Yeah. Um, so Big 12 preview or Big 12 championship pick. He went with Texas over Kansas State. Cam, you feel the same way? Uh, you go first. I really thought that, uh, that I'd be a little bit different here. But, yeah, I'm right there with him. Texas – gets it done in their last year in the Big 12. They beat Kansas State in Arlington for the Big 12 title, and Jared can finally get a damn haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Really do us a favor there. Um, He said he would cut his hair as soon as Texas won a Big 12 title. Also, um, I do have Texas winning the conference. However, I have Texas Tech making the making the um the conference conference, champ, conference championship game awesome. i literally only have it because they are able to pull off the quote-unquote upset of kansas state at home and so yeah no i this conference is going to be a blast to watch though because like we both like we all have mentioned the middle of the conference always beats up on itself. And, like, I know that to an extent all conferences do, but there's two where it's, like, notorious for it. And it's Big 12 and the Pac-12. We always see it every year. (laughs) Absolutely. It should should be an absolute fun blast here in the final year of Texas and Oklahoma being in the Big 12. And who knows? For all we know, they could be the the two that, you know, they go out in style and both play for the conference title themselves. So there's a lot of teams that, you know, the probably the top five of our standings here could be in that Arlington in the Big 12 championship game come December. So it'll be exciting to see, but uh, that's going to do it for the Big 12 preview show. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and follow us on the socials you can find those down in the link below 
We got T Mac in the chat saying Big 12 boys. We got uh, Big 10 coming up on Wednesday. So that should be a fun preview as well. Will Michigan be able to do it again? Is Penn State really going to be a, a threat? We'll, we'll find out on Wednesday. Check out all the other shows on the Low Down Network. Breakfast Ball comes back tomorrow yes, night. Sir. And uh, then you got us again on Wednesday, followed by the Lowdown CBB. Those will be at 6 and 8 p.m. Eastern times, respectively, Wednesday. And then the OG Lowdown back yeah. on Thursday. The good old well, Lowdown doubleheader. This is our longest show since we started here on the Lowdown Network. We're going to clock in at two hours. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you Wednesday for another exciting edition of the Lowdown College Football.